The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association, where Rudolph Johnson III is the president and CEO, and Judith Winker is our board chair. Our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. Of course, we hope that today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for further advancing emerging and current leaders in our communities. Valerie, I want to welcome you uh, to today's um, episode of Leadership Matters. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. G. Always a pleasure to join you in these powerful discussions. Great. And Valerie is the uh, CEO of Right Ideas Incorporated in West Palm Beach, Florida. So again, Valerie, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dr. G, for inviting me to the conversation. Yes, and I am also delighted to have one of our past hosts and uh, fabulous personalities from our radio show, uh, Jeannie Firmer, on the line. Jeannie, thank you also for joining us. It's my pleasure. Hi, Valerie, and uh, Hi, so Jenny. nice to be back. Huh? I was saying hi, Valerie, and that it's so nice to be back. It's so good to have you back. Jenny is the yeah. CEO of Alper Jewish Family in Children's Services in West Palm Beach, Florida, as well. So, Jenny, again, welcome to today's show. Thanks a lot. And we appreciate always our listening audience. We appreciate all the questions you call in and uh, email in. And we're going to just jump right into it. Actually, I'm going to jump right back. I'm going to step back a little bit just so that our listening audience um, gets a bit of a perspective, Jenny, because I know it's been a while since we've had you on. So maybe if we can have you say a little bit more about yourself and the perspective that you bring, some of the work that you've done in the community and that you're currently doing. Sure. Thanks, Dr. G. Um, I still call you Dr. G after all this time, Dr. White. (laughs) No worries. Um, Me too, Jenny. (laughs) Well, uh, it's uh, just fabulous being here in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, You know, we're working here at Upper Jewish Family and Children's Services, a human service-based organization serving the entire community. And our demographics remain so skewed. We have uh, more people retiring to Florida. We have uh, more boomers than many other communities at this point in terms of of fast-growing communities. Um, We are providing uh, services to help strengthen communities and help people during challenging times in their lives. And... um, 
one of the things that I'm really excited about, which may not resonate with all of our listeners, is that we just got a federal grant to actually advance um, patient-centered trauma-informed care for Holocaust survivors. Awesome. Love it. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And I think the relevance... Thank you. I think the relevance is going to allow us to develop some systems and structures uh, to help actually all populations who have been displaced under, um, you know, very difficult kinds of situations and uh, other victims of genocide. So we're very excited about this opportunity. Awesome. Great. And then also, um, Valerie, Jenny, again, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself and excited to hear about your um, new grant. Um, Valerie, maybe we can hear a little bit about your perspective uh, with regards to the space in which you come to us from, your journey. Sure. I am, um, our company is Right Ideas Unlimited. We do organization and leadership development. Uh, work mostly with nonprofits and um, some municipalities, uh, foundations, do some work with them in regards to community change work, uh, also provide coaching um, to managers, leaders, and sometimes group coaching. Uh, my background of, is uh, in nonprofit as a nonprofit leader working in organization development, um, also worked with a funder in terms of community grant making and um, capacity building for nonprofit and resident-led um, initiatives. So pretty varied background. Earlier in my career, worked for uh, worked in human resources, but um, now working as a consultant with nonprofits mostly, but in our company, we do a multiplicity of things to help enhance nonprofit capacity and community change work. Okay. Well, great. again, thank you, Valerie, for being with us today. Yes, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just jump right in with some questions from our listening audience. I have Samantha from Billings, Montana. Samantha asked, how does one respond to the constant demand to do more with less when you know that staff is already operating at full capacity. I'm sure we've all heard um, that challenge mm-hmm. before. Anyone want to start with some responses to Samantha? Jenny, I'll defer to you. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think that, you know, as particularly as leaders, and I always clarify that by saying leaders anywhere within the organization, any part of the, of the organization, because it could be that you're a department director trying to manage limited resources as opposed to the CEO. But I think one of the biggest challenges is um, really kind of thinking through about your staff and what your staff have as capacity and then also what staff has of competencies. And sometimes when we um, are so stretched, and I've been there, I'm sure Valerie and 
Cheryl, you've been there as well. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm, yes. I'm struggling to find the words are because you, it's almost like you really have to address the stress. You have to address the spiritual. And by mm-hmm. spiritual, I mean, you know, are, how are staff dealing with this in terms of this being their calling and yet they're struggling to figure out what this means for them if, for example, there are going to be cuts. Um, if there really are limited resources and staff are really, employees are really stretched already to the gills, what, what if anything, can be um, substituted? What, if anything, can be um, identified as ways to innovate? Because if we can do something different, that could be innovative. If we can create something new... And it's as simple, I think, it's a complex situation, but it's as simple as making kind of lemonade out of lemons. Like, what what can we as a staff do? And when when we're all stressed as staff and limited resources and it feels like they're shrinking, then who even has the energy to pull together and go, okay, what can we do differently? We know what Mm -hmm. our deliverables are. We know what the outcomes need to be. Is there anything that we can together do differently? It Mm -hmm. sounds Pollyanna-ish, but I actually believe in that kind of transformational management and leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, Valerie, anything you might add? Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with Jennifer. Um, Jenny, it's sometimes, you know, difficult to even begin when you are in such a situation where, you know, the, the resources are limited and the work is pretty much larger than your ability to tackle. One of the things that I think organizations have to do is <clears throat> take a step back and decide what can we effectively manage without burning out our staff. And I know that's difficult to do because... The need is so great in the communities and the populations we serve, especially in the nonprofit community, but sometimes we have to decide, is it worth burning out staff um, with the resource, limited resources? So um, how can we, as Jenny said, how can we think about doing it differently but also, do we have to take this on? Is there another organization that we can partner with? Is there some way to reduce the amount of work by not doing everything um, that we initially put into a program or a grant, um, but really thinking about as uh, capacity, the organizational capacity, the employee's capacity, and even the capacity of the community, and how do you leverage uh, resources of those you serve in serving them? How can they be um, of benefit? How can they support the work so that it's, you know, not necessarily stressful on staff who are delivering services and organizations that are working with them? Sometimes we haven't tapped into that, and I've worked recently with a foundation um, that is doing place-based work in the communities, and and you'll be surprised at some of the resources that are available in communities to help organizations that serve them. So I think it's really taking a step back and looking bigger than internally and with the limited resources. Okay, great. I think both of you are giving Samantha some good things to think about. I love the innovation. I love the... um, 
stepping back and uh, trying to right-size the expectations to the capacity, being willing to have what can sometimes be those difficult conversations uh, mm-hmm. in prioritizing what, you know, what maybe remains in that scope of work to be delivered and what might need to be shifted or done differently. Mm-hmm. So, Samantha, yes. hopefully that gives you something to think about. I have another question here uh, from Tara. Tara is from Salt Lake City, Utah. She says, how do you go about changing an organizational culture when top management is not engaged, not on board, does not care about, and sometimes does things that add to challenges presented by the current culture? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I would love to to get some examples from Tara, but but for what we have (laughs) here, um, anyone want to kind of take a stab at maybe giving Tara some perspective to think about? Well, that's that's a pretty challenging proposition uh, Mm -hmm. because culture... We actually have to go to break. So, um, Valerie, I'm going to just have you put a comma right there. When we come back, Tara, we're going to start with Valerie responding to your question. Again, Samantha, thank you for your question. Keep those coming in. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, Tara had asked a question, and that was, how do you go about changing an organizational culture when top management is not engaged, not on board, does not care, and sometimes does things to add to the challenges presented by the current, cha- um, the current organization? And I know, Valerie, you have began to respond to Tara, so I'll let you just continue. Yes, I was saying, starting out, that it is a challenging proposition to uh, change. Culture change in an organization is difficult at best, even when you have support from your top leadership. Um, To manage that from um, a lower position in the organization is even more difficult. But I'm uh, optimistic and always believe that you can make a difference. Uh, and that difference would then have to start with you where you are. I don't know your position in the organization, but if you are a manager or even just uh, employee who cares about the organization, you can begin to make change in the place you are. You can't take on whole-scale organizational culture change as one person who does not have the authority or the uh, wherewithal to begin to affect that change. But what you can do is begin to make a difference where you are. Think about the things that you would like to see change and begin to to model that change um, through your behavior. And as much as lie within your influence or sphere of influence, begin to engage others in the positive change you're trying to impact. And so you start with you. If you are a manager, you can begin to shape your um, your own department. You can begin to implement things that others might find exciting and want to take a part in and that lift morale, and then that becomes a seed to grow it through the organization, and hopefully it'll catch fire and others will join in. That's probably the best you can expect to do without um, the full buy-in of your top leadership. Okay. Thank you, Valerie. Any uh, things you might add, uh, Jenny, for Tara? No, I, I think it is a real challenge, and that's why I always talk about leadership at multiple levels within the organization. Because um, if if the culture means um, that much to us, then culture is people. And so, if if there are is a, if there is one person who can influence another, and talk about it in terms of of practice, and talk about it in terms of philosophy, and talk about it in terms of what it is, you know, we we as a group or I as an individual would like to see for us as an organization. It's sometimes just dialogue that can really impact culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's not like I a magic agree. wand that you that mm-hmm. you you go. Okay, now we have a different culture. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I like to tell people culture is one of those things that um, if we're going to shift it, we have to be intentional about it. And mm-hmm. I think it starts with the intention of thinking, what is it that I do want to see more of? And then to um, go to where you went, Valerie, with regards to then what is it that I need to say? What can I say? What can I do to support it from my space? And um, and absolutely, I think um, the piece, Jenny, with regards to just kind of um, recognizing that in that role of leadership at all different levels, we can tell the stories and we can engage others and we can enroll others intentionally mm-hmm. in the things that we'd like to see uh, more of, less of, or done differently. So I think, um, Tara, for you to think about what is it that you do want to see more of and then where can you, how can you, from whatever space you're in within the organization, be intentional about the stories you tell, the things that you say, how you engage others and enroll others in the vision for that um, new culture. And absolutely, I agree with both uh, Jenny and I agree with um, Valerie and Tara. I'm sure you asked the question because you yourself are thinking, you know, oh my God, how do I do this without the buy-in of top management? It's a okay. difficult path. Um, not impossible, though, to introduce and to begin to enroll others in those things that you'd like to see done differently. So uh, thank you for your question, and keep on keeping on. <laughs> we'll turn to Karen. Uh, actually, Karen, before I go to your question, I'm going to go to Tyrone from Dallas. And it says, how do you deal with a supervisor that, does not, that you do not see eye-to-eye with? You do not respect their leadership, disagree with their direction, and think they operate from a dishonorable space, yet you do not want to give up your job because of them. <laughs> uh, thank you, Tyrone, for your question. We feel your pain. So, <laughs> Valerie, how would you respond to Tyrone? Well, um, that's a real difficult a space bit, to be in. Yeah, that again is a challenging position to be in. However, it's um, you know I'm I'm a coach and I have actually coached people in. That a situation like that, you can only do what you can do from your perspective. You can't change that supervisor. And if the relationship is, and it sounds toxic because if there is such um, disagreement or dissonance between value and respect, it's difficult to uh, perform well and to do well in an environment where respect is absent, which means trust is not there. Um, you're not going to do well, and the relationship will remain contentious. Um, And I've been in such a situation, and I was coached to begin to prepare for an exit strategy. Unless you, and that means not necessarily out of the company, but is there another place within the organization where you can use your talent, experience, and skills, and is there an opportunity to move to another place within the organization? And if that's not the case, then how do you begin to prepare an exit strategy unless you are willing to work in that kind of environment? And I think that would not be good for your health or your career um, goals to be in a relationship like that day in and day out. You're going to become frustrated. You're going to be reach a level of um where where it doesn't just doesn't work at all. So you have to think about what you can do for yourself. Are you able to manage well in that environment? If not, 
then the next step is where do I go from here? Because I think it would not, it would be a disservice to yourself and to the others in the department to be in that role with your supervisor um, because it doesn't serve you well. Okay. Uh, thank you, Valerie. Uh, Jenny, any thoughts for Tyrone? Mm-mm. No, I, I think, Valerie, you kind of hit all the points that I was going to make. I think it is a really tough situation, and um, it, it's kind of figure out how to get on with your supervisor or you really need to be somewhere else that may be a better fit because the energy, uh, you can't do your best work. You know, that's the hard, that's the hard challenge for you. It is. And Tyrone, I'd say we have to um, look at maybe the difference also between maybe your supervisor doing some things that you don't agree with and you think aren't the most efficient or effective way of doing things versus them doing something that you think is unethical. You know, because sometimes um, our thinking of maybe what's not the best way to do something doesn't necessarily mean it's not unethical and you can live with it in a different space. And one of the things, Valerie, I know you talked about in a previous show, which really stuck with me, and that is just the power of forgiveness. Because I think if, if you're in this space and you're constantly yeah. experiencing a rub, being able to show up every day, letting go of what you experienced the previous day, and staying focused on the goal of partnering and achieving whatever the, the vision is for working in that environment. So really not getting sucked into a space of hurt and unforgiveness and holding on to a lot of stuff, but being willing to forgive every day and show up yeah. anew every day, focused on the vision and the partnering might at least help you get through it to maybe another space with your supervisor or until you can maybe... Um, prepare and execute a, uh, an exit plan. Uh, so, Tyrone, we feel you. We, uh, we know that yeah. has to be obviously a very difficult space to be in, and hopefully that gives you some food for thought. Thank you so much for your question. Yeah, yeah Dr. G, I would add to that if he, until that moment uh, that he can make that decision, if there's another manager, leader that he can talk to, someone who can coach him through that, um, situation, um, a voice of reason that will help him through that because sometimes once we're in that speaking from experience, you kind of lose sight and until you get that support and, and, and cl- help in clarity of thinking, you know, you make some difficult decisions and they may not always be made from the best space. So finding a mentor, another um, a person in the organization who can help him uh, in that process would really be beneficial for him. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. That's another nice piece of um, advice for Tyrone to consider. Uh, thanks again. I have a question here from Mike from Sacramento. Mike says, I've received feedback regarding the need for me to think and act more strategically. Not wanting to appear dis- defensive, I did not push back, yet I was not given any examples or enough detail to where I'm clear on what I'm being asked to do differently? Any ideas? Mm-hmm. And Jenny, would you like to kind of start us off with that? Yeah, I, I think um, those of us who are in supervisory positions, um, you know, and I think there's a difference between supervision or being in a supervisory position and leadership position, but I think as part of supervision, um, if we are giving feedback 
to an employee, I think it's very important to be able to oh, oh, hold examples. on just a second. Jenny, I'm not hearing you real well, and Valerie, you might want to mute for a moment. Okay. Okay. Okay, Jenny, may I, could I oh, have you continue? That, that is much better. Valerie must be someplace with his background noise. Um, so, Dr. White, I think what, what I was starting to say is that I think that when we're providing uh, feedback as a supervisor, that it's very important that we find some observable kinds of examples because... Um, it seems to me that saying to someone you're not thinking strategically enough doesn't really offer any information for there to be any change of understanding cognitively or any understanding in terms of behaviorally, you know, action and how should I be acting differently. And so the feedback piece of it, I always think to myself it needs to really have content um, in this situation, I observed or this is what I expect when this kind of situation comes up or I feel like there could be more strategic thought on your part and this is the way it might look if you were thinking more strategically. Those okay. might be silly, more generic examples, but I think right. observable content mm-hmm. and expectations of performance, how you would want someone to act, is really important. Right. So it sounds like we actually need to take a break. Mike, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what might, I mean, I think just Jenny has brought up the feedback is a little vague, but we think of what might your uh, supervisor have been, uh, maybe what were they thinking about, uh, what might be opposite, uh, what might put you in a space where you're being more strategic. Uh, versus tactical kind of comes to mind, and um, and from that space maybe give you some um, some thoughts with regards to what does strategic thinking look like, and you can then kind of like be the um, the judge of whether or not that's the space you've been engaged in. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, we were responding to a question from Mike from Sacramento. Mike's question was, I've received feedback regarding the need for me to think and act more strategically, not wanting to appear defensive. I did not push back, yet I was not given any examples or enough details to where I am clear on what I'm being asked to do differently, any ideas. I think Jenny had started with simply the observation, which is probably where my frustration may have come from, or this unclarity, and that is just reminding us as leaders how important it is when we give feedback to give more specifics and to be clearer so people are aware of what it is we're talking about and they're not put in a space where it looks like they're being defensive if they're asking for more clarity. Yeah, I think one of the models I love around um, feedback I learned from the Center for Creative Leadership and it's, you know, provides information with regards to what's the situation, what was the behavior, and, you know, what was the impact. And if you have an expectation or something you'd like to see done differently, you can also kind of add that to that model, but that way at least the person is clear on what they're being asked. But, um, Jenny, I thought maybe one of the things that might be helpful for Mike is for us to maybe just talk about what strategic thinking looks, feels, sounds like. Uh, Any thoughts with that perspective? Yeah, I I mean, when I think about, you know, strategy, and, and I hear strategy being overused so often when people are not really meaning strategy and so I was also thinking about that in the back of my head. Um, I, I think of kind of strategic thinkers as uh, someone who has a long-term focus that isn't just thinking about the short-term focus of what something means and trying to uh, look around the corner, <laughs> which is kind of impossible to do, but it's the concept of being able to look around the corner and being able to anticipate something and it's very intentional it is it is a really in my mind a very intentional uh, cognitive process 
that you can execute, whereby you're thinking about being future-based, long-term focus, um, almost curious as well. Like, what if we did this? What if we did that? How could we make this align? How could we make this line up? And then it also means that you kind of have to be a little agile. Um, those are the kinds of things I think about. So if there were a situation where I felt uh, one of my supervisees could be more strategic in thinking and action, I would want to really use that situation to explore and, and kind of unpack and dig deep and say, um, you responded in this way. How might a strategic thinker respond? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, thank you, Jenny. And I, I kind of think in the same with regards to the um, the long term focus. It might be, you know, perhaps what uh, Mike, your supervisor, is seeing is perhaps you're planning for today and tomorrow and the next week versus maybe where and how might you be positioned um, a year or two years, you know, from now. And um, do you stop and look? at beyond your own area of responsibility and see how it's connected to the greater organization or even broader than that. So even um, stepping back periodically and doing a conventional swap with regards to the strengths and weaknesses internal to your team and the opportunities um, external as well as threats externally that might somehow impact uh, what it is you're engaged in and your market positioning or your um, service line and so on, so forth, you know, so forth. I think all of those things um, can um, help one think more strategically when they're thinking kind of, again, beyond what's now and what's next to what's possible and how are all these possibilities and how are these other functions connected to this greater um, uh, I hate to use the word bigger picture because people say bigger picture all the time, but in essence it really is. It's that broader view mm-hmm. beyond the current what is to what's possible. Um, mm-hmm. Jenny, any other thoughts for you on that? No, I, I think that covers a lot. And um, for someone who, um, like I think it's Michael, right? Um, Mike, uh-huh. Mike. For someone like Mike who may not have given thought or explored um, or had the opportunity, I should say, to really even have a conversation about what does strategic mean or how do I act more strategically. Um, I think that's almost the first place to start. And and I would say to Michael, not to, to be appropriate in... Um, Asking for clarification, not necessarily pushing back, but really asking clarification questions. And that then kind of doesn't always appear defensive. If you would say, well, what, is it, what do you mean? That could be mm-hmm. perceived as defensive and it's very simplistic. But to say, well, can you tell me more about what you expect or more about what you, know, you mean by strategy, then those mm-hmm. might offer some insight and uh, keep the dialogue going without feeling like you're being defensive if you ask a clarifying question, Mike. Yeah, no, great. Um, wonderful. Thank you, Jenny. And, Mike, thank you so much for your question. Uh, Dave, you know, actually, before I go to Dave, I think, Karen, I had mentioned you and I skipped right over your question. This is Karen from Los Angeles, California. Um, 
questions. What do you do to acknowledge and incentivize employees when their pay has been frozen at the top tier of their pay grade and no monies to increase their scale or other upward mobility opportunities appear to be available? Um, and Jenny, I'm going to rely, I'm going to probably go to you first and then I'll follow you up. I know Valerie will join us in a little while. She had to jump off the line for a moment. So, um, Jenny, wanted any thoughts for Karen? Um, I'm going to defer to you and okay. then I'll jump in after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that there's a lot of ways, um, Karen, we can be somewhat creative in figuring out and um, ways to incentivize employees. Sometimes within an organization we can establish some awards or recognition programs for employees that maybe are at the top tier of their pay grade. And if they um, perform at a, you know, at a um, above standard or outstanding space and they become eligible for perhaps a drawing or perhaps um, incentive pay of some sort, um, so uh, it can it can be that sometimes we don't necessarily have monies to um, increase salary and have a um, financial commitment attached to a um, a raise that would be you know um, continuing on you know like really raising the base pay, but perhaps the organization can come up with a a pool of monies that can be used to incentivize those individuals that are at the top of their tier. I think there's also ways to find out what else could be um, enhancing or enriching to an employee's experience. Maybe it's greater voice, um, and, you know, perhaps there are, um, uh, you know, some type of special um, uh, meetings where they have access to decision makers or um, an opportunity for mentoring others or just certain things that just really kind of create some type of enriched experience, even bringing together top-tier people and having a focus group and say, you know, um, what would you consider to be something that would be incentivizing for continued great performance for someone who, like yourself, maybe you've reached the top of your pay scale and there's no clear-cut um, opportunity for advancement in a um, an area that you'd like to be advanced in. So even, Karen, um, hearing from others within the organization, what would they like to see, what might be of help to them? Jenny, any additional thoughts? I, um, I think every suggestion you made was great. I also think that um, there may be ways that within the organization, again, just thinking differently about, you know, innovation, and I don't believe innovation is the answer to everything, even though I've used it twice in this program. But, for example, what we found a while ago, uh, a few years ago, is that we were asking our therapists, we do a large, uh, we have a large therapy uh, program, and we have about 19 therapist counselors, and what we were realizing is that they were really stretched. I mean, you know, they were seeing five, six clients a day, and we were asking them to see more. And so we came up with an incentive program that for every addition, we kind of came up with a formula, and we call them direct service units. 
So for every client that they saw kind of over and above um, what was, quote, required of them, which was their productivity, they actually got paid more. And it worked like a charm. We were quickly seeing more clients. Um, We were now open evenings, um, which I understand may not be able to happen in some organizations, uh, depending on how they're funded and but we are now seeing many, many more clients. Therapists are happier because they're actually getting directly compensated for the for the work that they're doing in a different way. Yeah, so I, I don't know it. if that fits in, but mm-hmm. that came out of um, the need and us mm-hmm. figuring it out and mm-hmm. as an opportunity. Right, and you know, we too have started a paper performance um, type of incentive program here where we're allowing our um, individuals that are at step nine will now be able to um, engage in um, performance activities that will allow them to also receive some type of um, monetary benefit. So really looking at, you know, how do we do both? How do we incentivize uh, performance that we want to incentivize and in general create some type of um, acknowledgement and compensation for employees who may not necessarily be able, the organization may not be able to sustain an ongoing increase to a base pay, but again, might be able to get enough of a pool together to um, acknowledge and reward desired um, improved performance or above Mm -hmm. and beyond performance. So, Great. Well, Karen, hopefully that gives you some uh, food for thought for how you might engage those individuals that are at the top tier of their um, pay grade. So thanks for sending in your question. And Jenny, thanks for building that with me. All right. Looks like we uh, need to go to break, so we will do so. And then, Teresa, I know I have you on deck. And, Dave, i got a question from you also. So when we come back, we'll look forward to hearing what Teresa from Memphis, Tennessee, wanted to um, send in. And, Dave, hopefully get to your question, too, from Milwaukee. Uh, thank you again for your questions. Uh, Jenny and Valerie, thanks for being with me. Listening audience, please stay with us as well. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. 
Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. All right, we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. And I'm going to um, just jump right in with a question from Dave from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Dave, thank you for your question. It reads, I have a tough time working with my peers and other senior managers. When I turn to my boss, oops, Valerie, I think I'm hearing some um, background noise again. Uh, I'm inside. I'm not sure. Okay. Are you, are you hearing it now? No, not at all at this very moment, but before I thought okay. I did. Not okay. a worries. Okay, it, so it was, um, so I was reading here, Dave's having a tough time with peers, and I guess his peers, he must be a senior manager, so it's other senior managers. When I turn to our boss for guidance, she acts like I'm the issue for bringing it to her. I currently, uh, I'm sorry, I certainly can't go above her, um, but I'm at a loss trying to get things done in the agency when a couple of my peers constantly put up roadblocks or do not provide needed support. Any suggestions? So, any thoughts for Dave? Jenny, why don't we start with you? Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I see this in my own organization sometimes where peers just are challenged to kind of get along, and it's, it's always a tricky thing. I'm actually dealing with the situation right now, and, and Ultimately, what I come back to, even though I, I really try and work with uh, the individual employee and on an individual basis, what I, what I find is that I'm working with them to get to the point where they can all sit down together with me facilitating a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would work everywhere, and sometimes the process can take like longer than I would like to see it take. But you've got to, in my opinion, as a supervisor, or, uh, really encourage people to dialogue amongst themselves. 
And if it takes me being there to help facilitate that, um, that's what it takes. And then kind of setting goals and setting, you know, um, I call them uh, rules for engagement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, then getting, trying to get the team back on. You don't have to love one another. You don't have to socialize with one another. But we do know what our mission here at the organization is, and we're all going to focus on that okay. and how to get things accomplished. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Jenny. Uh, Valerie, any thoughts? I, I agree with Jenny. I think it takes a facilitated conversation to help uh, individuals move past differences. And sometimes just, um, I was sharing this with someone the other day, sometimes when people are having challenges getting along, it's because they're having the same conversation um, and they don't have anybody to interpret what they're saying to each other because they're not listening uh, closely. So I think having a facilitated conversation and then just trying to understand what the differences are and sometimes what people think is the issue is not really the issue. There's an underlying something that hasn't been um, brought to the surface so that it can be addressed, and I think that happens when you have um, a third party facilitate that conversation. And sometimes it's um, re reestablishing expectations in terms of uh, how employees should, uh, as Jenny said, how they should engage and, and manage the work. And um, because there are times I haven't necessarily appreciated coworkers, but um, was able to manage my own self in relation to those individuals so that I could have a, a good working relationship. And I think that's the other piece. Um, maybe some training around uh, interpersonal relationships and how do you manage yourself. Dr. G, some of the training that you've done uh, both at Neighborhood House and with with us here in Florida around how do you manage yourself in relation to others because you're not always going to like or appreciate who people are, but how do you do, uh, how do you manage that relationship so that the work can get done? Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. I appreciate uh, both of those thoughts. You know, an additional thought that comes to mind for me, Dave, is some of the um, research and um, information I've worked with and have seen come from the Center for Creative Leadership on boundary spanning. talks about boundary mm-hmm. spanning being one of the uh, biggest challenges facing executive teams, and that's kind of like the ability for executives to work um, across the boundaries of their various areas of responsibility. And they give three strategies. Um, I think Valerie and Jenny kind of both um, touched on these to some extent. Um, Those three strategies, one is direction, so making sure there's a clear shared vision and goal. Um, The second strategy is alignment, and that is really differentiating the roles and responsibilities of each of those areas of responsibilities, and if there's overlapping, defining where the overlap is, and gaining some consensus on how to kind of then coordinate and collaborate and work together um, in that role uh, so that there is good alignment. And then the space of commitment, which kind of goes back to some of the relationship stuff also, Valerie, that you were touching on with regards to uh, establishing some trust and credibility with each other and Jenny's favorite um, word, which is a powerful word, I think, in this space of leadership, and that is innovation. So how do mm-hmm. we actually um, explore the possibilities together and innovate together to accomplish it? But it boils back to the first space where I think Jenny 
started in her response to you, Dave, and that is getting that that um, shared vision, the shared goals that can um, move things forward. So be it sitting down and um, having that facilitated conversation, Dave, with with um, your peers, or it sounds like it would actually be up to you since you indicated that your your boss is saying, "Don't bring that to me." <laughs> I think ideally, if she, if uh, I think what we can take from this as executives ourselves is when we have, you know, our staff to be willing to do as Jenny's willing to do, and that is facilitate the conversation. But perhaps if we're not able to get that assistance, to know that we can uh, facilitate a conversation that says, "Hey, you know, what's our shared goal?" You know, let's figure out your role, my role, how we're going to coordinate and work together, and let's get some commitment with regards to what you can expect from me and how we can innovate and create together to begin to then maybe hopefully move forward. Wow, and it looks like we're at the end of the hour, so I know that, Teresa, I had one more question from you. I'm going to try to send you an email uh, with a response, and um, we have to wrap up the show for the day. So I want to say thank you to everyone who sent in your questions. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us. And, Valerie, I know I pulled you in at the last moment, so I thank you so much for (laughs) just um, being with us and... um, engaging to the extent that it was possible for you also during this hour. Thank you so much for thank responding you. to our request to be on, on uh, today's show. And again, thank, thank, you, thank, you, Dr. G. thank you. And thank you to our listening audience. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.